When I was an army chaplain, my soldiers asked me all kinds of questions about God, life, relationships, the Bible, and I answered them as best I could. They also called me Padre. So welcome to the Dear Padre podcast, where I take today's questions and try to answer them. And today, the question is, does God still call people the way he called Paul? And we're going to explore his story and ours as well. I don't think we really know the day that Paul had his conversion experience. He talks about it a lot, though. Um, We know the time that it happened because he says it was at midday, at noon. When we read the noonday prayers in the prayer book, uh, they have a prayer. Lord Jesus, at this hour, you called your servant Paul to be your apostle. So it's at midday that this conversion happens. Um, Most of our conversions happen at the 11th hour, at midnight, um, for a lot of us. It is in the dark of night and the uncertainty of the the, uh, sun having gone down, either literally or metaphorically, that we have moments of changing our direction and moments of repentance and remote moments of changing the way we're living. But for Paul, it happens right in the middle of the day, while the sun is shining as it only can on the road to Damascus. And there, on this road, he meets Jesus. The, the person he was going after, or people, group of people, it's hard to say who he was going after to go to Damascus, to arrest them, to bring them up on charges, to have them imprisoned, and maybe even have them condemned to death for the same reason that Jesus was condemned to death. This, once you set a precedent in law, you can continue to keep that precedent. And if you can set a precedent that Jesus deserved to die at the hands of the Romans, and then St. Stephen deserved to die at the hands of the Romans, then you can make a case for every other Christian doing that. And that's what he was doing. And the voice that came to him spoke to him in his own language. It was a voice that he recognized immediately. And he said to him, Why are you persecuting me? Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? The personal affront to Jesus Christ by the persecution of his followers is something that I see in the story of Paul that instantly connects with Paul in a way that probably nothing else could convince him. When Paul realizes that the person he's really persecuting are not these Christians who probably most of them don't know a whole lot about the faith. They know the story of Jesus, and but Christianity is pretty new. And these early Christians um, were certainly not um, probably as learned as Paul or much of a scholar as Paul or had as much experience as Paul. They are simple Christians who follow the teachings of Jesus and are sharing that with other people. But Paul realizes in this moment that he is persecuting Jesus himself. 
that what he thinks he's doing as right is actually wrong. Have you ever had a moment where you realize that what you thought was right is actually not right? What you thought was the good thing for you to do with your life was not the good thing for you to do with your life? Um, These are the moments of conversion that Paul witnesses to. And he remembers this moment, and here he is before this King Agrippa. And the first thing he talks about is this moment on the road to Damascus. Paul has written a lot of letters, and we have those letters in the New Testament. And some of those letters contain some of the the things that people don't like about Christianity. Um, There's a line in there, women should keep silent in the churches. There's some lines in there about um, about, uh, men and men and women and women. And there's some other lines in there that are often brought out to show how, how regressive and backwards Paul is and how much of maybe even a bigot and that he hates women and things like that. And yet when we meet Paul on the road to Damascus, we see a completely different person. We see someone who is overwhelmed by the love of God. Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? And he says to him, it hurts you to kick against the goads. This whole time, God was prodding like a cattle prod. God was poking Paul, moving him in a direction to get him to meet him, him to meet Jesus. This whole time this is happening, and Paul doesn't know it. And so the moment for Paul of his conversion that he points to, and if he were here with us today, I think he would point to the same moment as well, was this overwhelming experience of the love of God. Not his teachings, not all the things he had figured out, not all the the things he had to tell the churches in that moment that 2,000 years later seemed to us to be absurd. Um, His comments about women or his comments about in Romans 1 about um, same-sex couples or something like that. Um, Those things that he was speaking to those particular issues on. We meet the Paul who is overwhelmed by the love of God in this moment. And he hears this voice in his own language. He says, why are you kicking against the goads? In the in the King James, it's why do why dost thou kick against the pricks? Uh, why are you, you know, I'm I'm moving you in this direction. Why are you resisting it, Paul, with such force and such violence? And Paul asks a very simple question: Who are you, Lord? Who are you, Lord? He doesn't quite know who it is yet. And the answer says, the answer is, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. And then he tells him what to do. He tells him, you're going to take this message and share it with everybody else. And I always wonder what Paul knew before this moment. There must have been something about Jesus' story that compelled him, that drew him. Some drew him in the wrong direction, perhaps, drew him to persecute the followers of Jesus. But there was something about the story of Jesus that gripped him with a, with a, a grip that he couldn't let go of. And so when he meets Jesus... It's like he's met someone he's already known before. Because Jesus doesn't really introduce himself as a new character in Paul's story. Jesus introduces himself as someone who he's known his whole life. Someone who has been with him this whole time. Someone who's been trying to get him to see something that he couldn't see. And this this is the apostle that comes to us. He is blinded 
by the light. He stumbles around. He falls off his horse. He um, has to start over in his life. Have you ever had to start over in your life um, from ground zero, from zero, from nothing? Um, whatever, all the stuff that you had built up um, is, was gone. And that's what happened to Paul. He's a person who had a, just to put it bluntly, a second career um, as an apostle. What he had done before was the opposite of being an apostle for Jesus. And so, just as Paul is delivered from this um, oppression of the power of Satan, so he says, you will go and proclaim the forgiveness of sins to deliver people from the power of Satan. Um, We don't always think of Paul's ministry of church planting and preaching and teaching as super spiritual warfare. But it is this calling that Jesus calls him to, that Paul says, Jesus called me to do this when he met me on that road. And then he says, I obeyed the vision. So I think if we saw Paul more as a visionary, more as someone who had a profoundly life-changing spiritual experience, we might be able to read his other letters in a different light. Not as someone who's mean and angry and someone we can sort of blame the problems of Christianity for. He ruined Christianity. He turned Jesus' religion of love and uh, happiness into a system that oppressed people or something like that. Um, Rather than see Paul that way, perhaps we can see him in a new light, just as Paul saw Jesus in a new light. Perhaps we can see him in that new light today. Because ultimately, what happened to Paul is what happens to all of us. We meet Jesus, and he's someone that we've already known. He's someone that compels us to start a new life, sometimes from nothing, sometimes to start a new life all over again, and to follow Jesus wherever Jesus leads. And for Paul, that's as a church planter, and for you, that is as church planters as well. And for us to know that we have been delivered from the kingdom of Satan into the kingdom of God. And that through Jesus Christ, who always meets us on the road, who always meets us in the blazing sun, who always meets us at midday, that Jesus, the one who we had rejected, the one who we were trying to persecute, the one who we were trying to fight, is now the one we follow. And that is, that is a story That is the story of all of us who have met Jesus. Maybe our conversions were a little less dramatic than that. I don't remember falling off a horse. I don't remember a blinding light. But I do remember, I do remember moments when I realized that there was only one person I could fully trust in this world. And that is the one who calls me by my name. That is the one who calls me to a life of love calls me to a life of following him wherever he leads. Amen. Pray a collect for the feast day of the conversion of St. Paul the Apostle. O God, by the preaching of your Apostle Paul, you have caused the light of the gospel to shine throughout the world. Grant, we pray, that we, having his wonderful conversion in remembrance, may show ourselves thankful to you by following his holy teaching. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen.
We pray a colic for mission. Um, 58. O God, who hast made of one blood all the peoples of the earth, and did send thy blessed Son to preach peace to those who are far off and those who are near, grant that people everywhere may seek after thee and find thee. Bring the nations into thy fold. Pour out thy Spirit upon all flesh, and hasten the coming of thy kingdom. Through the same thy Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.